0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the YAMCast. My name is Chris, and this is Erica. Hi. Hi, Erica. At the YAMCast, we specialize in trying to help young adults and college students just find their way in this strange, strange world.
1: And what better way?
0: By using the Bible. (laughs) The Bible is a great way to Mm -hmm. do it. So right now we're walking through Colossians. Just a reminder, you can find us on Instagram and the Facebook at the YAMCast. That's a legitimate the yeah. The Mm Yamcast, not the Facebook is not legit, but but you can also email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com and you can rate your review, please subscribe, share because we all know
1: sharing is caring, sharing
0: Sharing is caring, and care bears care.
1: So, how have you been, Chris? Oh man, living the dream.
0: 2020 is the the greatest year (laughs) of all time, Uh, second only to. Um, let's go with 1917, you know, you have a global pandemic, world war. It's a pretty terrible year. Yeah. 2020, right up there. Right up, th- right up there with that world war. <sighs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sigh was exactly what this year I'm is. so tired. Ah.
0: So tired and, uh, just want it to be over. But alas. <laughs> It is like the horizon that never quite gets there. You know those dreams where you're running and running and it feels like you're going slower and slower as you run and the people that are chasing you are getting closer and closer to you?
1: And they're like walking. How does that happen? Yes.
0: And then they catch you and then you wake up Mm -hmm. and you have beads of sweat running down your face. You kind of have like the shivers? whole body feels like you just ran away from someone that's trying to kill you. That's pretty much every day in 2020. Good description. Yeah. So... So I'm doing great, Erica. Thanks for asking. <laughs> doing all great. All things considering. So all that said, let's let's talk about God's word. Because that's something that we can anchor ourselves in. That's good, right? So true. Right. So we're gonna do once again, like we we're not doing the basic storyline like we did with Judges or Ruth. We're gonna do the actual read-through. So we're on to verse nine of chapter one. And here it goes. And so, this is Paul writing, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding.
1: Yeah, so while reading that, I just thought, this is ultimately what we want. Like, if we're following Christ, we want the knowledge of his will. I mean, I think that's a lot of fear when I was a young adult. Right. Was What's the will of God? Yeah, am I, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? I don't want to veer. I don't want to go the wrong way. And that is that comes from spiritual wisdom and, and understanding it. Right. It doesn't just happen, right? No. It's only gained spiritually by having wisdom and understanding that is given from him and by studying and getting to know him, that sort of thing.
0: And the the idea here is that we're supposed to surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit, be dependent on him. And as we're dependent on the Holy Spirit, we will know what God wants us to do. Mm-hmm. Instead, we usually treat it as a paralysis, as if like we're on a map of our life and all the streets are broken off in certain ways and one street is the right way and one is the wrong way. which both gives us way too much power, and second of all, gives God way too little power. Because as we see in Scripture over and over again, we saw it in the book of Judges, God's plan is still being worked out even in the midst of human problems mm-hmm. and mistakes.
1: Yeah, he uses it all.
0: Yes. Which is crazy. But we are living our best life when our our will and his will are lined up perfectly. And so what Paul's praying here is that, that your holy the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us so that we are in line with what God is wanting us to do today, tomorrow, and so on and so forth. It's good stuff.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God.
1: This is quite the cycle. So once we have that spiritualism understanding, we have knowledge of his will, and then we're going to walk in a manner worthy of him, living a life that pleases him, where we're going to bear fruit in our good works and our deeds. And then this is going to increase our knowledge of him, and then it's just going to keep repeating. It's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're following the Spirit, you're doing what needs to be done, and then as you follow the Spirit and do what the Spirit wants, you're doing the will of God. You're filled with spiritual understanding, spiritual wisdom, and then as you do that, you walk in a manner worthy. I think it's interesting, too, that you can know what you're supposed to do and not walk in a manner worthy. Mm. So I think it's cool that he's praying not just that they would know what they're supposed to do, but they would actually follow through and do it. Yeah. Which is one of the things that a lot of us, especially as young adults, kind of miss. You know what I'm saying? We're like, oh, I'll just do my own thing. Everything's fine. Or we start to think, well, it's not a big deal. Everyone else does it. You know, whatever. God will forgive me. Everything will be fine later on. And then we deal with all the rife and the, you know, the anger and the fear and the the guilt and the Mm -hmm. shame, you know, um, and then it just overwhelms us and we don't know what to do with ourselves. And what Paul's praying here is something that so many of us are praying for our college and young adults is that they would just walk in a manner worthy so they would know what they're supposed to do and then they would do it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Keep moving? Yeah. All right, verse 11. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy.
1: And I guess I just want to remind us that we are like he's still praying this is still part of his prayer for them once again lots of run-on sentences and sometimes you can forget (laughs) what is being what the point is or what the first part was and so yeah he's he's praying he's still praying for them so and um yeah just reminding i mean i love the fact of like endurance with and patience with joy like that's just showing you this isn't going to be easy it's not meant to be If you have to endure something, then you automatically know there's going to be hardship involved. Yeah. So, I just like that he's putting that in there, just so you, yeah, we're not thinking it's going to be easy. This isn't health and wealth gospel. Like it is. Right. Following the right way is not always going to be pleasant, but yeah, it's going to be worth it, and that you're meant to do it with patience and joy, which I think is cool.
0: Yeah, and I think that's great. The idea that's supposed to be, it'll be worth it. You know, like. Every time that I'm walking in the will of God, and I know I've said this before on the podcast, but I'll say it again just to remind everybody, when I'm walking in the will of God, I don't regret my decisions. But when I do my own thing, man, just brutal, and I regret everything, and I hate it, and I just don't like that feeling, don't like being in that space. So how great would it be if we were, you know, knowing what we're supposed to do, following it, doing it, bearing fruit in every work, and increasing the knowledge of God. Interesting, by the way. We'll come back to that. And then being strengthened in all power. So he's as he's praying, he's sort of building this idea of this is what I'm praying for you. And you're right. It is a a long run-on sentence because that's how Paul speaks. And I'm sure praying with him was probably really fun. You know, (laughs) three hours later, you're like, are you you
1: still still doing this? (laughs) Okay, well,
0: uh, yeah, it's good stuff. All right, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light.
1: So I feel like... The beginning of the prayer is like, okay, sounds good. These all things are, are pretty great. And now I just feel like he's like upping the ante and yeah, he's, he's thanking God. Um, the kicker of like that it's God that qualifies, qualifies us to go to heaven. You know, like it's, it's like, just remember you might be doing all of these things, but it's, it's not to earn something. You already have that. So, um, just to being being thankful all of the time. And that, yeah, we're, we're like, just that, that verse, it's hard to break it down for me because I just am, like, the words that he uses are just so rich, too, that, yeah, like, qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Like, that's just beautiful to think about. So, yeah, he's made us whole. He is the only one that can balance those scales and took our junk off completely. Like, it's just, and we should be always thankful.
0: Yeah, the sin that so easily entangles, right, that we mm-hmm. that we read about in other passages of Scripture. This sin that so easily entangles, he has already wiped it clean, so throw it off of you. Don't let it sit on you. Don't let it weigh you down. Don't let it lead you. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. And then the the kind of the final two verses of this section are huge. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Just. Mm-hmm. I love how that even translates in English because it's it's got that deep feel to it. You know, D is kind of a somewhat menacing letter, like R, That's why they call it murder. not Mike Duck. Uh, But <laughs> it's from the office. But he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's the gospel.
1: It's just like, mic drop, bye. <laughs>
0: Can you imagine if that's how we how, drop the scroll? How God communicates with us, you know, he stands up, all right everyone, gather around. I'm gonna teach you something today. And we're like, Okay, great. And he says, I've delivered you from the domain of darkness and you are now in the kingdom of light. And then he just drops the mic and walks away. And we're like, And then a ten thousand year worship service starts. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That'd be legit.
1: It is just so beautiful. Like, I mean that I don't really even have anything else to say besides yeah, it just, like, why do we have the endurance and the patience and the joy and the thankfulness that he talked previously? Because he did all of this for us, mm-hmm. period. Like, mm-hmm. that's why.
0: Well, and if you remember, when we first started this podcast, we did a couple of weird episodes that dealt with spiritual beings and everyone kind of, mm-hmm. like, we got a fair amount of feedback for that, both positive and negative. The The reality here is if we take what the Bible is saying about the domain of darkness, that human beings have willfully joined a rebellion that is happening, the domain of darkness is all of those beings, all of the evil, it's just us sort of falling into joining them with this. And what Paul is saying here is we were in that domain. We didn't even know it. We, we were ignorant of it. We, we were sort of just like moving around and we realized I made a huge mistake. It reminds me of and you're going to love this illustration. You know, the little mermaid. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the, the cartoon version. None of the weird other things that have come out recently or, or otherwise. The OG. The OG with Eric, the prince.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So she goes to Ursula. Right. She goes to Ursula. Ariel goes to Ur- Ursula to make a deal. And as she walks into Ursula's little space, there's all those little tiny mermaid people that are stuck in the mud, right? Mm-hmm. And they've been zapped down into like a tiny little version of them. They're like a shrimp compared to this beautiful mermaid that they once were. And at the end of the mo- movie, we find out that that's actually who they were. They were once you yeah. know, a great mermaid or a great merman. And now, you know because of their deal that they made with Ursula, they were zapped into this little tiny person. When she moves into that space, the fear and the weirdness of it all is just overwhelming to her. Imagine being one of those beings. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. imagine... You thought you were making the greatest deal of your life, and all of a sudden you look around and you're zapped into this tiny little shrimp person that's stuck to the mud forever. That's the idea. Like The the domain of darkness is this, this overwhelming system in place that's trying to destroy humanity. And what God does is he drops himself right in the middle of it, saves us, and then transfers us from that space when we put our faith in him into a new kingdom. So why wouldn't we celebrate them? Right. Like, why wouldn't we celebrate the son? Why wouldn't we celebrate the fact that the son is the one who gives us redemption, the one who gives us the forgiveness of sins? Back to what you said, he's the one that qualifies us. So why wouldn't we celebrate him? Like, you know, when I bring people to church for the first time or we talk about Jesus for the first time, and this, this happens in my life all the time where I'm talking with people and Jesus pops up and uh, they're like, well, yeah, but... You're like, really, Jesus? I'm like, you don't understand. Like, it's the greatest news that we've ever heard. And then they come to me and they go, okay, seriously, what's the big deal about Jesus? And then I get a chance to just unravel all of this. But holy cow, you don't understand. You've been moved from a terrible, terrible place into a beautiful, beautiful place. So, your words there. This is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. It's the way to look at it. All right. So, we got a couple things for the deeper dive. I still got it mm-hmm. after all that COVID craziness. Uh, I have not had it, but I dealt with craziness because yeah. of COVID. So here we go. The deeper dive. I, I want to just dive into two little things here. They're not super huge, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on them. The first one, right back in verse 10, when it says, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. And then he says, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Do you remember the wording that we talked about last time that was so important? that the gospel is bearing fruit and multiplying. Mm -hmm. This is the same phrase, bearing fruit and increasing. And he's like, I want, since the gospel is bearing fruit and increasing inside of you, because the gospel is bearing fruit and increasing inside of you, I want you to bear fruit in every good work. And I want you to bear fruit in not just every good work, but I also want you to bear fruit and increasing in the knowledge of God. So when we talk about bear fruit in our church, we really talk about it from two different things. And I, I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. We we talk about the fruit of the spirit. So you bear the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. If you walk in the spirit, if you if you are bearing fruit in the spirit, and this fruit of the spirit are growing out of you and they're developing, that is the walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, right? And if you're walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, you're going to bear fruit. There's going to be good work that's just going to follow you. You're going to be nice to somebody on the street that doesn't deserve it. Or you're going to choose to give grace when grace wasn't necessary. Or you're going to be patient when you shouldn't be. Or instead of doing what you want to do, you're going to be self-controlled. Like all of those fruit, it's beautiful when you start to put all this together. And if, you, if we're going to live on mission for Jesus in this life, it means that we are going to ask the Spirit to bear fruit in us so that our lives just reflect the work that God is doing on us in the inside. That is amazing. And we also trust that the spirit is going to guide us and lead us in increasing in the knowledge of God. So that comes in all different kinds of ways. You know, it could be your through your prayer life. God leads you in the spirit to think things and and experience things and know things. Uh, And I don't mean that in like a weird, you know, way. Some people might take it that way. But I just mean just basic. When I'm praying and I'm asking the Lord to lead me, the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts me. The Holy Spirit is the one that guides me and leads me and tells me, oh, you need to do this or this or this. But also when I'm praying because I'm about to dive into God's word, I ask the Holy Spirit to give me illumination, right? To teach my eyes to see what God wants me to see or to know what God wants me to see and what God wants me to do. So I think it's really cool that that Paul here is saying, I want you to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, being pleasing to him, but I also want you to bear fruit in every good work and I want you to increase the knowledge of God. That idea is just kind of the gospel wrapped up in just a little bit. It's not just knowing or believing something. It's knowing and believing something to then do something about it.
1: I mean, that just reminds me of James when he says, totally. you know, faith without works is dead. Like, it means nothing if you believe something unless you actually do something about it.
0: Because even the demons believe that. Mm-hmm. And they shudder. The domain of darkness is shuddering at the fact that Christ did what he did. So you can go, yeah, I believe that. So then what does that mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you don't, kind of back to what we've said before, but if you're, if you're going to sit on a chair, you believe that the chair is going to hold you you don't sit down, it's because you don't believe the chair is going to hold you. And I've met chairs like this that I don't want to oh, sit I on. Oh, I have too, because <laughs> I have
1: trusted a chair Correct. and let me down. Correct.
0: So I, I, there are certain chairs that I don't put my faith in and I do not sit in them. Just in the same way, if you're not really trusting the Lord, you're not going to do anything about it. And uh, you can say you believe it, but until you start to let it really drive your life, then I, I don't know if you do. Mm-hmm. And that's not to put pressure on you. That's not to make you think that you're a terrible Christian because you're not doing X, Y, and Z. Stop if you listen to the first part of the podcast, we're talking about the fact that the spirit's guiding you, the spirit's leading you, the fruit of the spirit are growing in you. We're not charging you to go, you know, change the world to debt tomorrow. We're just saying like, listen to what God is saying and then do what he's asking you to do. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing uh, I think it's interesting that he says he has, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Do you ever think through that statement?
1: Like it's hard because it's, Like I get it, but I also can't, it's also hard for me to put it in my own words. Like I have, I struggle to, that's what I was saying when we were talking about that. I was like, I don't know how to put different words there that would still mean the same thing, you know?
0: Right. So let's try to unpack it a little bit. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but I wanted to show you how to start to let it become a little more real. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but so often when I'm reading God's word, it feels like I can't hold it all. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. there's, there's images and illustrations and things that are used that I'm just going, I don't, what, what does that fully mean? Please understand, I can't make it fully mean anything to you. Just even by listening to this or if we spent years just unpacking this idea, I don't know that we'd ever fully get it. But here's the closest thing I can give you. The idea of the saints, the word there is really holy ones. We translate it as saints because that's what the word saint means. It means someone who's been made holy, someone Mm -hmm. who's been set apart, someone who's been transformed, made different. The problem with using the word saints is many of us grew up in a background, whether it's Catholic or otherwise, Mm. that when we hear the word saint, we think something. So, for example, you'll hear people say, well, I ain't no saint, right? I ain't a saint. or They'll think the saints are a football team. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, And they they make all these weird illustrations in our head. Like the word saint doesn't mean what it should. And so I almost would prefer it if we translated it differently, but I understand why we don't. But the idea of saint isn't so much that you've been made with a halo over your head. The idea of being a saint means you have been redeemed, pulled out, changed, made holy. You've been been given a new destination, a new mindset. So if you could think uh of, you know, there's so many illustrations of this, but think of of just a, a person who comes in off the street to a barbershop shop and they smell and they're gross and they just, you know, they've been homeless for a long time. You can tell they're an alcoholic, you can tell they're uh, you know, maybe a drug addict or whatever, and they've you everything that you look at in this person, you're like, their clothes don't, you know, match. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing works well for them. If someone in the barbershop said, you know what? I love you as a human being. I want to give you a different perspective. I want to give you a different view of the future. And that individual walked them next door and went into the nicest suit shop and bought them, you know, the full suit tailored to them, took them back into the barber shop, got them their haircut, shampoo, shower, got them totally back on their feet. And then gave them access to billions and billions of dollars. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not even talking about like if this homeless person when was actually a billionaire, just didn't know it. I'm talking about if this person had no right to any of that and this individual says, you know what? I love you enough. I'm going to bring you into this world. I'm going to do this. What God has done, back to this idea of, of the domain of darkness, what God has done is he has taken us in our lowliest of states, of estates, and not just lowly in the sense that we are bad people who do bad things. We are so bad that we've joined the domain of darkness. And we don't even know it. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like we we just think sin. We want to do sin. We want to fight each other. We want to push each other. We want to make everything – we want to act like animals sometimes. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to control our anger. We don't want to control our rage. We don't want to control our, our desires, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Like whatever we're chasing after, we want all of that. We want it for us because I, I deserve it. I'm the best. So, you know, advertising aims this way. They try to give oh, us yeah. whatever we want. They want to make you feel like the most important thing in the world and so on and so forth. All of this craziness that goes along with it. Here's what happens. We start to act beastly or animal. Like It's instinct. We don't, we don't operate as, as, as beings who have real authority. And what God does is we have all of these angels that are totally obedient to him and they glow and they're shiny and they're beautiful and they're dressed in white and they're glorious. And then God sent himself as his son, right? And Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, for example, is standing there and all of a sudden he's just glowing. He's glorious. And all the disciples are like, I don't know what to do with this thing. This is crazy.
1: And then Peter's like, want me to pitch some tents?" (laughs) Exactly. Peter's like,
0: it's good. This is good that we're here, Jesus. We built some stuff. And then the Uh, voice, you know, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Peter. And then they're boom, out. And Peter's like, now we always give Peter a hard time about it. And 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 Peter deserves a hard time in a lot of things. The the funny thing is the text of scripture actually says that when all of this happens, that you should let them dwell with you. I think the problem is Peter's taking it a little more literally than it should have. Mm. You know. Peter literally said literally, and uh, it was supposed to be very figurative <laughs> in the sense that, oh, look at what I'm seeing. I'm supposed to exhort. But here's the thing. Jesus is glorified in that moment. He's a different version. He is made of better stuff. Uh, later on, when he is resurrected from the dead, <coughs> Jesus walks through walls. Jesus is just miraculously here or there or the other place. Like mm-hmm. He's walking on the road to Emmaus. He disappears. Yeah. Right? It's crazy. And then all of a sudden he just disappears, right? What's amazing is after the Holy Spirit's given to the disciples, every once in a while they have these crazy moments, mm-hmm. right? Where Philip's Philip, like, yeah. With Philip's the baptizing the, the Ethiopian eunuch, and next thing you know, he's eight miles away. And he's, what is going on? I've I've heard stories of individuals who are in a prayer closet, and then all of a sudden they're walking around in Africa talking to people in Africa, and then they go back to their prayer closet. I don't know if any of this is true, but mm-hmm. here's what I know: God is made of something different than you and I. You and I were made to be made into god's image
1: so made to be made into something different is that what you're saying we were
0: we were something different okay and and by sin through the choice that we made we surrendered it and then paul starts using this language in the new testament of you are going to be glorified. You're going to be glorified. And so a lot of us look at salvation and we say justification before God, right? You are made righteous before Mm -hmm. God. That's what justification is. We move into your, then you're being made holy, sanctification, right? As your life goes on, you're being made holy, made holy. Every one of us talk about the very end is glorification. There's a day coming when we will pass and when we rise from the dead, we are made of different stuff. And what Paul's saying here is just that. You are going to share... In the inheritance of the saints, the holy ones of light. These individuals that you see and you're like, whoa. And he's going to deal with angel worship a little bit in this book, which is part of the problem. The Colossians and other people are worshiping angels because they're like, they're so beautiful. Isn't this Mm -hmm. amazing? We should totally give them honor and praise. They totally deserve it. And Paul's like, whoa. You know, like, time out, the writer of Hebrews. What are you doing? Like, Angels are messengers. They're just, they're like the low man on the totem pole. You want the big guy? You should worship him. Like he's the one that deserves it. And what's happening is we, we, we break ourselves down to be less than what we're supposed to be because we want to surrender ourselves to the domain of darkness. And what Jesus does by his sacrifice is he moves us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. And being moved into the kingdom of light means that you and I share in the inheritance of these holy ones, these, these saints, these beings that are beyond us that are made righteous all the time. And so they glow, they're beautiful, they're amazing. They would stun any one of us if we saw them. And he's saying, you are that. And so this is kind of the beginning of of this concept in Colossians. It's gonna come up a lot of times, you know, because we're now kingdom in the kingdom of light, it's going to change the way we operate in our family. It's going to change the way we operate with what clothing we wear. Mm-hmm. It's going to change the way we view the, the festivals and the holidays. All that stuff's going to come in chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. We're going to keep bringing this idea up. But what's happening right here is this. You have been moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Welcome. And that's the idea that Paul's trying to break down for us. Make sense? hmm Yeah. Cool. All righty. Well, then let's get practical.
1: Let's get practical, practical. All right. So the first thing I want to touch on is the idea of uh, patience and joy. So enduring with patience and joy. This is very countercultural in our culture, in our society, to have patience for things mm-hmm. or to be joyful all of the time. Our culture, our, our culture is all about complaining, wanting this right now, and if we don't get it, what do we do? We complain. why? Like, Stop. Can you imagine what people would think if we chose patience instead of joy or patience and joy instead of complaining? Like it would be revolutionary, very different, right? It would change the world. They would wonder, why are you like, not like you're okay with this happening, but your perspective and your attitude is just so different. They would wonder where it came from. And then we would be able to say, Jesus, you know, like this is coming from what we've just even talked about Mm -hmm. because he has done all of this for us. What do we have to complain about? Right. What do we have to to rush to? You know, that sort of thing. So, I mean, we complain about school, we complain about work. And let's let's just really think about how we can be the example Jesus wants us to be right. in those spheres. How can we represent him well? Because he would not be complaining in those in those circumstances. He would not be complaining about his coworkers. He wouldn't be annoyed that he, Hours got cut. He wouldn't be, like, none of those things would be going through his mind. So they will go through our mind, but how can we filter them differently? How can we cut that down quicker, you know? How can we actually be beacons of light that we're yep. meant to be in this world? Or as you talked about last episode, Edens all around us, right. you know?
0: Well, and part of that is because we put ourselves first as opposed to being selfless. Yeah. And so if we're going to listen to what Jesus did for us, then we we think differently. You ever had a conversation with someone who's having a really bad day and nothing's going right? Like whether it's the phone call, you know, I've had customer service phone calls with people mm. and it, I'm thinking of like helping my daughter's U.S. cellular phone get turned on for the first time. And the lady was like, it should be rebooting. I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'm good. And those moments where she's like, oh, you're not going to yell and scream at me like other people do. It's so beautiful. And then mm-hmm. she's like, "What what do you do? Like you're weird. Like what, you know.
1: Yeah, why do you, why do and you, why aren't you yelling? It
0: stinks that it's that it's weird for people to be treated differently by us than than what they expect. Mm-hmm. But how cool would it be if we did that? I know. I'm down.
1: So the next one is prayer. I mean, that's I mean, that's what this whole section of scripture yep. was on. Was Paul's prayer and may we truly pray for people like he just did. Yeah. I mean, you can just actually take this and read this exact prayer when you're praying for people because it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know we all want that in our lives. So how much more powerful is it if we actually pray for other people in that way? Like seriously, just try it for a week and see what happens. I think you'd be pretty amazed to just pray for other people in that way. And then I think also it would make that selflessness, self, selfishness. Wow, that's hard. Lots of S's diminish, you yeah. know? So, prayer.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, I wish there were things that we could pray about in our world today, Erica.
1: I mean, everything's just so good.
0: Everything's great. I
1: mean, we talked about it. 2020 is amazing. <sighs>
0: uh, so. All right, this next one's a little controversial.
1: So, God has done it all. So, let us continue to get to know him, to continue to let him affect how we live, um, and it's going to cause us to get to know him more and so on and so forth. Like just Jesus did the hard part for us because we couldn't do it. Like he reconciled us. He justified us. Um, he qualified us. He fixed it. So now can we just go and be his image bear as well? Like he did the hard part and now we just need to learn how to walk in his ways. So mm-hmm.
0: he, I love that. He did the hard part. That, uh, Yeah not just hard it was impossible mm-hmm. <laughs> it was Im- like we, there's no way we could do it but with god all things are possible right oh that's awesome it's like the bible says what it's supposed to say yeah that's the that's it right there jesus did it now now go and we, live it so we respond mm-hmm. and we respond with worship so our response our choosing to live holy lives our our choice to do x y or z is based on us understanding what christ has done and then following him in that call. Which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you going to get through this next part?
1: I, I will try. I actually haven't read through this one, but.
0: It is the Council Corner with Erica.
1: Council Corner with Erica. So I do want to start this off by saying this is, I am not judging anyone. I am not. Um, that sounds like a promising I'm start. not like looking at anybody. I don't know, I'm not thinking I'm better than anybody. So just know that before I go into this. But recently, I have heard some stories about others that I've known these people for years, and obviously I've known them in, in a specific sphere of their life. And these stories that I've learned about them have kind of shocked me, like that's not at all who I thought they were. These stories came from other spheres of their life that it's almost like they're a completely different person. And I had no idea that they had that other side to them, and I know I do get it. We all have our bad days. Maybe we do let our emotions sometimes get the best of us from time to time. But I really struggled with what to do with these stories. Like, I I almost was like, do I need to confront these people? Do I need to, like, be that accountability for them? Or Because I, I was just like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, what I know of them and what I've just heard of them are so polar opposites that I'm just like, now I am I feel like I'm just thrown. Like I didn't know what to do with it. And really talking about it with others is not super helpful either because that can just be gossip and is just kind of spreading things that I don't really want to be spread either. Like COVID. You, yeah, gosh, stop that, right? Totally. So I was at a conference, socially distanced conference, <laughs> less than 50 people conference. This was also, oh, this was a little while ago. Yep. But... And this was right after hearing the story about these people and really just struggling with what to do. And the, th- the thing that the speaker said was that if we're wanting to see a fruit possibly in somebody else's life to pray for them, hmm. pray for that fruit to be happening. And I, I was like, wow, that's actually a super practical thing that I can do is just pray for those yeah. those people instead of me kind of being, and I realized I was kind of concerned Yes, with, like, how do I fix fit that into what I already know about them. I was also concerned about, like, their Christian testimony and how that's kind of going against what Christ would do and all of those things. And and I realized I can't control that, right? So just praying for that fruit, maybe praying for that patience, praying for that self-control, praying for that love and kindness to just be evident in their lives. So that's what I've really been working on doing. Um I was also chatting with someone else about just kind of this idea where, yeah, you don't really know what to do with um, when you learn things unsettling about someone else and it kind of alters how you see them. Hmm. And we discussed how important it was that you have someone in your lives that can call you out when you can have somebody that's like, hey, what you just did there, that wasn't really Christ-like. And I just hope that we all can have that, that we have it doesn't have to be like an accountability partner, but like just that if it's your spouse that you can just kind of, you know, hey, that wasn't quite maybe what you wanted to be doing. Um, because if we don't have that, then we are literally just going out and doing whatever we want and never being called. And so then we are kind of becoming extremely hypocritical where we are one person in this Christian quote unquote sphere and then another person at work or another person at our child sports team, Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, it's just so important that we are the same everywhere. And I do understand that there is grace, and I do understand that we have moments that we regret. So I just, and I hope that in some of these instances that they are the moments that they regret and not necessarily the norm, you know? Um, But I just think that, yeah, we do need to have people that are like, hey, that's not really what Jesus is about. And you maybe need to think about doing that a little differently. And I just think this will help us to continue in our spiritual knowledge and our understanding and striving to really be those beacons of light for him everywhere, not just in certain places, you know?
0: Yeah, that's really good. And I think one of the things that I've noticed, if you don't mind me jumping in for just a second. No, not at all. Is sometimes when I'm not at my best, whatever I do actually works to my benefit. And there's a temptation for me to keep being like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And sometimes when I do what I'm supposed to do, it doesn't work to my benefit. And there's a temptation in my heart to say, see, what's the point? Mm-hmm. What's the point of being a nice guy if that's how it's gonna happen? Or vice versa. Man, you were a total jerk. And look what you just got. Yeah, like, right. That's a free large pizza that they just gave you because the because order was you, late.
1: Or because you threw a tantrum or because you yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you
0: made sure that you, they knew that you didn't like what happened and they they Oh put,
1: gosh, I do that.
0: They hooked oh. you up. And there's a part of your heart that wants to do that thing, either for or against. Mm-hmm. And there's that little temptation. And Might I just point out what we are talking about in this whole idea. If we're going to live the life that, that in a manner worthy of the gospel, it means we're going to see things through God's eyes as mm-hmm. opposed to doing things our way. So true. That's a good word. All righty. Colossians 1, guys. 9 through 14. We'll, we'll catch you next time.
1: Yeah. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the YAMCast. You can check us out at yamcast.podbean.com or on any other podcasting apps like iTunes. We would love it if you'd leave us a review that is any number between four and a half and five stars. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com. If you'd like more information about us, you can check us out at parkhillschurch.com or on the App Store with the Park Hills Church app. We are also on Instagram, so give us a follow at the Yamcast.